This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, episode 46. This opening segment sponsored by our friends at Prednoy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrett and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. And uh, boy, what a crazy weekend of football it was, huh? Are we talking... Uh which high school, well, college, sure. well, NFL? Might as well start with high school, and then yeah, I mean, it's starting to become commonplace. Though uh, I, I certainly have noticed that in college, boy, parody all of a sudden is really seeping in, and we we talked a little bit about that last week. But we're seeing yes at the high school ranks in the Bayside last year. We talked about it being top to bottom, a pretty good conference. We're seeing at the top this year. It's uh, it's pretty tough at the moment to decide who truly is number one. And I think you're going to see that over the next couple of years. We've got a number of young teams, Mark, that uh, are only going to get better. And I think it's going to leave us uh, with uh, a lot of tough choices to make over the uh, next couple of seasons. Especially when it comes to, like, choosing our game of the week. You yeah, know, that, that, I, and that's a part of it. You're absolutely right. I yeah. mean, my goodness. It was, uh, you know, we were dead set on doing – the North Carolina at Easton game. And we've done a lot of Easton games, and I'm already hearing flag. Oh, it's because you're coaching. Yeah, and my, my dad actually <laughs> texted me and said, why is Easton getting so much love? I said, well, first off, Dad, I don't do the schedule. And second, sometimes that's just the way it works out. For instance, some games that are played on a Thursday night or a Saturday, that it, it, those games, they're not possible to be able to choose from. So right. that limits us, and sometimes it just works out that way. And, and that's yeah. kind of the way it's been. And, you know, it's like when you look at the schedule this week, you know, you're looking and you're like well ken island at cambridge you know and cambridge already has that game covered with their radio station so that takes that takes us out of that game automatically you know and and, i mean we could do it cambridge would welcome us in but there's no point in doing it's already covered right yeah uh, two radio stations doing the same game that that limits the opportunity to get more kids exposure elsewhere when uh, we can cover another game which is what we do right and uh you know so we yeah, we decided to do the Easton at Parkside game that I thought was going to be a lot closer. And, uh, of course, I wasn't there. But, uh, you know, I listened uh, from afar down in Tuscaloosa, You did. Alabama. You were texting me with some scoreboard updates. I was like, way to go, Mark. I, I appreciated it. I mean, I didn't expect it because you were down seeing your daughter, but I was uh, was very appreciative My phone was being blown up with, with information. Nobody knew I was out of town. So. Yeah. Oh, oh well, the, the, okay. Yeah. There you go. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, that game, 35-6, and, and we'll get to performances in the game. You know, Ken Island goes into Cambridge and uh, Coach Sofanowski gets his 100th career win. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina blows out J.M. Bennett. I mean, blew mm-hmm. them out. And we, we expected, you know, North Carolina to win, but I didn't think it'd be by that much. And I, I think North Carolina automatically puts themselves on the radar for a team to watch. And that's why we were going to do – the North Carolina at Easton game this week because I think it's going to be a great game, but I've been outvoted by you and Coach Ferragamo, and uh, you know, and and a couple of others saying, "Hey, you really even even Coach Griffith from Easton, you really need to go do the Ken Island Y High game." Now I think, in full disclosure, I think it's because Griffith doesn't want to buy Ferragamo and I dinner again. So. <laughs> that, could be, that could be. Well, look, I, I don't think you could have gone wrong with Eastern North Carolina. I, I really don't. Uh, that I think will be a good game, and I think now, based on what happened Saturday, and with Ken Island, really, I think having a big growth game as we talked about at Stephen Decatur. Yeah, they win at Cambridge, although 
they, they won sloppily. I mean, they had two turnovers in the first quarter. They had penalties. Uh, Coach uh, Sofanowski and I asked him, I said, well, how's the week of practice leading up? He said, well, we'll keep that in-house. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of answered my question there. But that all said, though, um, a lot of people before the season started touted uh, Ken Island and touted it to me and said, hey, look, I, I know they may only have four returning starters, but, you know, don't uh, – don't sell them short, which you know I wasn't planning on doing anyway. Uh, but anyway, their first home game, why high? And we've had some matchups before with those two teams. So, um, yeah, I don't think a bad uh, – and, and it's not Easton, so it's yeah. – <laughs> So I've been outvoted. You know, you, Ferragamo, Griffith, they're all saying – you need to go do. Well, I said consider it. Ken Island, why high? And mm-hmm. and uh, I've been uh, texting with uh, Dan Harding, the athletic director. You know, first is accommodations. That's the most important thing because you know we have an excellent radio broadcaster with us now, and Coach Damian Ferragamo. I got to make sure he's taken care of. Yeah, he joins us now on the on the Chin Check Sports Locker. High maintenance lines. man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> doing well. So we wanted to have you on with us to uh, break down the game from Friday night, uh, the Easton Parkside game. But we also wanted to talk uh, about the uh, Ken Island Why High game with you, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of go back over uh, Why High as well, uh, or the Why High and uh, you know the preview of the Why High um, matchup with Ken Island by talking about Ken Island's win over. Uh, the uh, Cambridge South Dorchester Vikings on Friday night. So let's start right off the bat with the Easton High School game Friday night. To me, I was expecting that game to be a little bit closer, but it sounds like you know, Brandon Jenkins, boy, he, he showed out on Friday night. Yeah, and, and Brandon Jenkins had a great night, um, two very long touchdown runs, um, and just very electric with the football in his hands. And I, his first carry didn't come until – Gosh, it might even have been the second quarter. Um, I'm not sure if it, if it was not, but he had very few carries and a lot of damage when he had the ball in his hands. Yeah, he did 145 yards uh, in the contest on Friday night against Parkside, who has done pretty well. But then, of course, uh, the, to hear Matt Spence describe Kevin O'Connor, he said he was like a man among boys, just standing there in the pocket and steps up. And, you know, he passed for 215 yards and three touchdowns on Friday night, and it was another impressive performance, which was not the team that played against Y High. No, Kevin O'Connor, he was out of control on Friday night. Um, he, he was he was their primary ball carrier. I know that uh, Jenkins had had a ton of yards, but um, Kevin O'Connor on, on all the – any third and short or medium third and five, they're running quarterback sweeps. And um, he's just – I mean, besides being a pretty quick kid, He's a physical. It's almost like a fullback running, but from the quarterback position. And on the defensive side of the ball, countless number of plays from the middle linebacker position. Well, and I think the concern coming into the game, if you're Parkside, was uh, the run defense, you know, against Queen Anne's giving up five touchdowns to K.J. Smothers, although he's the best back in the league. So you got to tip your cap to him, and and maybe the defense isn't as uh, rough as it may have looked in that game. Uh, But that said, still a concern after giving up over 200 yards to James M. Bennett the week before. And in this one, you know, Connor certainly uh, ran uh, fairly roughshod on that uh, on that defense again, coach. And, you know, if you're Parkside coming in, the game plan has to be keep Easton's offense off the field and let's run the football and uh, mix in the pass, which we've been good at doing this year. But they they couldn't get enough going there uh, offensively. And and early in the game, they were they were on the road towards staying on schedule, you know, getting those first downs and keeping Easton off the field. But there always was a, a little something that went wrong during a drive, whether it be a penalty, whether it be like a, a play for negative yards or right at the line of scrimmage. And in that type of offense, you can't really survive second and 10 a whole lot of times because um, they're just not built that way. That's not what they practice. That's not what they're good at. Yeah, although we have seen them be more effective throwing the football this year than we have in previous years, uh, but still, your, your point is well taken. That's still a team that wants to to run the ball primarily and, and pound it uh, pound it down your throat. Yeah, no. and there's a difference between being you know throwing the football and throwing it when the other team knows you're throwing the football. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
second and long, third and long, it's tough when they know you're throwing the football. Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. So Easton seems to have uh, gotten that ship pointed back in the right direction against Parkside. And uh, this week they're going to be playing host to North Carolina. We'll get to that North Carolina here in just a little bit. Uh, but Ken Island High School celebrating their second 100-win coach in a couple of years. Oh, that's because, right. Good uh, memory, yeah. Because Coach Ferragamo was honored last year right. for 100. Um, then, of course, that included your days going back to Old Mill. But now Coach Sofanowski getting honored this past uh, Friday night with his 100th win uh, coming against Cambridge South Dorchester High School and in a big way. And when I read the stat line for Casey Heath this morning, I immediately went back to thinking of Evan Greenwood. You know, 29 carries, 215 yards. That was very Evan Greenwood-like back in the days when Soph had him before he graduated. Well, that's like that playoff game at Falston, right? Yeah. Uh, that was that was over 50 carries for Evan on, on that evening. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it just, you know, for him to tote the rock and be so successful – I know Mike has, you know, already proclaimed, you know, KJ Smothers is the best running back in the conference. But I think, you know, that uh, you can definitely put Casey Heath in that mix and in the conversation. And they're definitely, I mean, they're different kind of running backs as well. Um, Casey's going to do his damage fairly consistently, where it's real tough to stop him for negative yardage. KJ's more of the kid who can take it the entire length of the field at any time. So. They're, they're both great football players. They just go about it a little bit different. Yeah, and let's ways. let's be clear. I, I would I have Heath as number two, or if you want to say he's a one A, absolutely, I'll go with you on that one. Uh, I, you know, I just he he's been throwing me under the bus this year, so I thought I'd take my chance to throw him <laughs> under the bus for a change. Uh, but uh, Ken Island goes into that game on Friday night and. It's not the same Ken Island team that we saw play Easton in week one. This team is figuring out how to win, and, and they're doing it on the ground, which you would expect a Sofanowski-led team to do, but also getting you know getting their chunks through the air with, uh, with McAndrews yeah. as, the, as the quarterback. And if you remember that first game, it was, it was a lot of Casey Heath. It was almost all Casey Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were running Casey um, – you know, and when things weren't working out, they were still running Casey. I think that, you know, Coach Sofanowski has got a better idea of what his team is now. And you're seeing Austin Holland, you know, pick up a dozen carries and Keegan O'Brien uh, carrying the football a dozen times, throwing the ball a little bit more in running down situations. So, um, you know, when you have so few returning starters, not sure what people can do. He was kind of, I think he may have been relying on Casey. And now that he knows he has these other compliments, I think their offense is that much better. Well, and, and Coach, talking with Coach Sofanowski Friday night, he said, we're still, to your point, we're still figuring out our offensive identity. So I know, as, as Mark just alluded to, you know, Coach Sof wanting to pound the rock and pound the rock and pound the rock. It, it seems to me, based on conversations I've had this year, that, yeah, they want to run the football. But it sounds like, to me, he wants to have a more balanced offense and be able to throw the football, which he can do with Mick Andrews, run some shotgun or spread more, which, you know, you, you wouldn't have said that 10 years ago with him. Uh, but th- that today um, they're still finding their identity, but that uh, he's looking maybe to evolve a little bit more and obviously use the players that he has and use their strengths, which enables them to throw a little bit. Obviously, you were able to do that uh, with uh, Burnside for four years, but as he got older in the mix. And it, it's such a, um, a luxury to have a kid who can do some damage through the air because at Kent Island, I wanted to keep the ball on the ground as well, but it's a whole lot easier when you complete some passes and pull people out of the box. Oh, yeah. Continually running to eight and nine man boxes, it's it's tough. It's a tough living in there. Keegan O'Brien, you'd mentioned his name a little bit ago, coach, and uh, he had 12 carries on Friday night for 76 yards. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, also ran that tally up. So that leads me to why high in Decatur. Uh, Decatur shocks. Why high? I think all of us were shocked that uh, that was they that they were able to hold Y high at twelve points and, and come out victorious thirteen twelve. And Mike, I, I noticed uh, on Facebook on your post uh, on Saturday after mm-hmm. the game that Malik Leatherberry had, had cramping issues and sat pretty much all the second half. He was but, limited, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to say that. Decatur only won that game because of Leatherberry on the bench. I think you got to play the game, period. 
and it, it is what it is. And Decatur came out on top, and I think they had a hell of a game plan, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you can't – you're right. It is what it is, and that's not Decatur's fault, so not take anything away. But Leatherberry has proven that right now he's the best player in the league. So when he's not on the field much in that second half, that takes away a big dynamic that the defense has to worry about. Now, yeah, why High has other guys, and they've got Foreman. So, sure, it's that is still a hell of a performance by Todd Apple, the new D.C., and what they did. And, and look, Leatherberry was on the field in the first half, and they scored 12 points so it 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 shows you that they were still doing a really good job no doubt and even if he was out there they may have continued to to contain or limit what why high was doing but you can't discount that either though and they scored 12 points and i, I saw some highlights online wasn't one of those a punt return yeah and that was leatherberry yeah yes yeah they, they held their offense to six points yeah so that i mean that backs up what mark was saying right there but on top of that why do you punt the ball to Leatherberry? It's well, like his well, fifth punt return well, of the year. I, I have to assume maybe they weren't trying to, but it just happened that way. Kicked I, the I can only ball assume. Ball out of bounds. Yeah. Well. Anyway. But yeah. And Foreman had the Foreman had the uh, the touchdown that they had in the first half there. So Mark, I hear what you're saying, and, and I think mostly you're right. But still, a guy like him on the field for four quarters, you got to think at some point that may have been the difference in the second half at some point. I just don't think the game deserves an asterisk. Yeah, so to speak. It, no, but it, you know, but it's, it's worth but it's worth noting. Any any reporter would say, you know, that's what happened. So now, you know, I don't know why he couldn't recover. You know, was right. he not hydrating himself properly enough? I mean, those are the details that you got to take care of. Those are the small things that coaches talk about, which end up being a big thing. Therefore, but I don't know. I, I don't want to assume one way or the other. I I don't know why he had the consistent issues and couldn't get out there enough in the second half. Pickle juice, mustard, and yeah. isn't there a drink now that's out there like it's a Pedialyte or something that kind of gives you. Like instantaneous healing. I mean, what was your procedure, Coach, when it came to uh, getting cramps? Oh, I used to get real fired up at kids when they got cramps, and everybody would 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 wonder why. And it's like, well, it's preventable. Right. Like you you have to start preventing that on Saturday and Sunday and Monday. Like it's it's an all week process to keep yourself hydrated. And all that being said, you can do everything right and still cramp up. Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I I don't, yeah, I don't know the circumstances there, to be fair. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, that was a huge win for a Decatur defense that got ran all over by the aforementioned Casey Heath. They they learned their lesson. I think it may have been a good thing that that happened to them at home against Kent Island because they had to face another team who could run the football well with Foreman, although Leatherberry's a secondary issue more than a front seven issue. But nonetheless, uh, give them a ton of credit for what they did. So that leads me to this conversation with Coach Ferragamo with us on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This section of the podcast, sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the midshore for over 120 years, convenient online and in-person banking. Plus, they've got money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Let's talk about this matchup. Ken Island, why high? Does Ken Island have a chance against Y High with a healthy Leatherberry? Oh, they definitely have a chance. Um, like I, I think, and I, I know I'm a little biased. I think Ken Island has the best defensive coordinator in the conference, and um, they're going to have a plan for Leatherberry out there. The problem is, the plan for somebody who's on the flank of an offense creates a problem in interior when you have Darius Foreman who can run the ball from the quarterback position as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's I mean, that's that's a great point. And again, I think it comes down to containing. You're not going to stop these guys. They're going to make a play or two or three. But it's it's limiting that damage, as we we often hear. Uh, But coach, a lot's changed since week one. And Easter was opportunistic with Ken Island turnovers. So that, that, you know, we look at that score, that game 31-14, and it may not look like a good defensive performance. But, you know, if you just look at the score, that's not the entire story of that week one matchup. And I think that's true for a lot of the matchups you see early in the season. If Easton were to play wide high later, I don't think it would be the same lopsided um, score as well. Um, against Stephen Decatur plays Ken Island later in the playoffs. So you, you can go on and on. Um, but I think Ken Island is a much better team now than they were week one, especially offensively where they figured out how to be a little more multiple than they were in week one. And they're going to have to be. They're going to have to churn out first downs and frustrate wide high, keep them off the field and hopefully that frustration can lead to a turnover 
they can get the football. And, you know, that's kind of their recipe for, for a victory. That is this week's Overtime Live Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by Best Western Plus Easton for all seasons in Kona Ice. The Y High Indians, the once beaten Y High Indians taking on the once beaten Ken Island Buccaneers at Andy Shippel Stadium. The Rotor Rooter pregame show will get us started at 540. And of course, we'll have uh, the the uh, Rotor Rooter pregame show followed by the Bear kickoff at six o'clock. Looking forward to that one as uh, we move forward. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your schedule this morning to join us to talk about uh, these couple of contests we've got coming up. No problem. Anytime you guys need me, just let me know. There you go, Coach Damian Farragamo with us. And, uh, well, we need to take a quick time out. We'll come back and talk more about high school football. Hi, folks. David Wilson, Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More information online at midshoreexteriors.com. So we finished talking about Kent Island, their big win over Cambridge, and Y High's loss to Decatur, and North Carolina's big win over Parkside. The other big game, I think, this week is going to be North Carolina at Easton on Friday night. And a game that North Carolina has gotten better every single week and uh, really showing out, showed out big against J.M. Bennett. You talked to McCormick after the game. Yeah, well, and, and let's let's take a look at the schedule. They played at Queen Anne's week one and had that game going into the fourth quarter. Then they had to go on a short week and play out Wicomico, and that game was 20 to nothing. It ended up being 42 nothing, but it was 20 to nothing uh, going into the fourth. So it, it, in some senses, it wasn't as bad as it looked, at least for three quarters, that is. Defensively, you know, they hung in there, obviously offensively. But then they played Kent County, and then they played James M. Bennett. So with a young team, they got a chance to play some competition that wasn't as good the first couple weeks. They got a chance to um, get more familiar, get more comfortable, I should say, you know, especially offensively in that wing tee and the intricacies and the nuances of it. Uh, defensively, you know, certainly uh, two really good weeks there. And, and you could even argue certainly in the Queen Anne's game, I mean, yeah, Smothers beat them in the second half, but they didn't score 36 points the way they did, say, on Parkside a couple weeks ago. Um, so that defense all in all has been not too bad outside of the Wicomico game, but got no help from their offense. So, yeah, things are coming together. So now the schedule gets tougher again, Mark. And now they take that step up against Easton. So you're absolutely right. This is going to be a real telltale of where North Carolina is now and how much they've grown. Are their wins more a product of playing lesser competition or indeed are they getting better and i'm sure it'll be somewhere in the middle and two let's not forget this coaching staff outside of coach mccormick has had a complete overhaul so now i would say by game five the players and coaches are familiar with each other better and the game day experience they're they, they're more um familiar and and they're getting the uh, bugs or the kinks worked out so that at this point now guys you would think are in a flow i would be willing to bet that the defensive game plan for easton has not changed from the days of Colin Joseph. It's going to be, we're going to pressure, and and that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring pressure, and the less time that Kevin O'Connor has to throw the ball, the better off their defense will be. So it'll be interesting to watch that matchup. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, you, 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 the, the offense starts and ends with O'Connor. He's the he's the player that has the ball in his hands every time. And because he's a run threat, you, you have to obviously keep him in mind, not just on passing plays, but on every down. And so the integrity of rush lanes, the integrity of gaps uh, and being sound and all that, absolutely. Now, you know, can he counter with getting rid of the ball quick and making him pay for that pressure? That'll be the question. And, uh, you know, certainly Easton can make them pay. So that's – 
you know, that's something that they have to be mindful of as well on the on the back end and, and be as sound as they can there. But, uh, yeah, it would be a really good matchup. And for Easton as well, hey, look, they did a good job against Parkside's run game, but Caroline, we'll, we'll see how they do it a second straight week. And if anything, it'll be a good uh, – that'll have been a good tune-up for another heavy run-based team that, yeah, it's a wing tee compared to a wishbone power, but nonetheless a run team – Absolutely. So this coming Friday, Queen Anne's is going to be at J.M. Bennett. Want to talk about Queen Anne's. They really picked up a big win over Kent County, a a game that was way out of hand early. Kent County made it close a a little bit later on. Queen Anne's won that one 46 to 26. But still, you know, K.J. Smothers and company getting it done you have to play the teams that are on your schedule yeah. and, and smothers have four touchdowns yeah. and yeah i mean the, most of those points were against second teamers that, that kent county scored with all due respect and look this week for the most part these games outside of decatur why high uh, these it was blowout week unfortunately they yeah. weren't very competitive yeah and uh let's so when you say big win you mean by margin not yeah. not necessarily against the opponent they're playing right exactly yeah. uh colonel richardson improves to two and two on the year with a 60 to 28 win over Snow Hill. Now that's a team to talk about, and I, you know, I went uh, with Snow Hill. It was my lone. Uh, actually, it was no. That's my second loss because I did. I picked Y High over Decatur. Um, you know that Colonel team looked really good. You picked Snow Hill over I, Colonel. I did. I did. Well, realize again, Colonel is a very young team. Snow Hill actually has more experience than Colonel does. Snow Hill, granted, the team that they were playing in Arcadia, not a very good team, but they had gotten, what, 40 points, I think, they had scored uh, against Arcadia. I thought this game would be a shootout, and I thought Snow Hill would be able to edge it out being the home team. That didn't happen. Snow Hill's defense could not stop Colonel all day, and Colonel made em- enough stops to get that offense with enough of a lead and they got going snow hill scored on uh fake uh, fake punt so one of the 28 points uh, that was was on a, a fake play but let me tell you colonel against 1a competition they look like a well-oiled machine mark and that that offense did not look young at all and they do have a big offensive line there and uh, the the backs were getting it done so kudos to them and it, it certainly looks like Without it goes without saying, Cambridge and Colonel are the two one A teams, and we'll we'll see uh, who wins that game because that'll be your winner there. Well, hopefully it'll shut up those that were calling for James Jackson's head. You know, and, oh, you that's know, a good on, point. On a yeah. platter, you know, yeah. I mean, they came out and they beat the team that you know they were capable of beating. Right. You know, you've got a pretty good matchup coming up here um, between you mentioned Colonel and Cambridge. Uh, that game is just around the corner. In fact, uh, is it? Uh, uh, no, why high is it to Cambridge next week? Let me look. I'm hmm. trying to. There we go. Arcadia is at Colonel this week, so it should be another win for Colonel um, with a game against Arcadia. Yeah. But uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe it's the 14th, is going to be. Uh, no, the 14th is Nandua at uh, Colonel. That'll be a good battle. Yeah, they, they get those two teams to come to them because they had to go there last year. Yeah, so that a, helps. It's on the 21st of October, Colonel and Cambridge. That is going to go. be. Yeah, that's th- one before Cambridge Easton. Yeah, yeah so that'll yeah. be a uh, a good battle there and a, and a game that uh, will determine our, uh, as Jake Coleman likes to call it, our small school title. Yeah, so. I mean, and that's that's right now. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a tough call. That's going to be a tough call. Yeah, yeah, it sure will. So we'll see how the weeks play out here. The other the other game to mention that we haven't uh, talked about just yet was the Washington Nandua game. Mm-hmm. Washington gave up forty points to Nandua in the first quarter, and then my sources tell me that the two coaches met at the half and determined that neither team would come out for the second half and just declare that game a final and Nandua was awarded the 40 to nothing victory now i i can see in your eyes you're you're stewing we we've talked about this issue with washington you know it's kudos to them for fielding a team and kudos to them for the players continuing to fight, I'd be curious to know that if the coach, if the why the Washington coach, what his players thought of that decision. Uh, and you hit it on the head. Was that a player's decision? Uh, was that a coach's decision? Was it a mixed decision that they both agreed to go that way? 
Because I, I think the one thing you have to take a look at is what kind of because we're talking about building men here, right? We're we're, we're right. talking about building men, and, and you hear these programs talk about this is more than the wins and losses, it's the more X's than and just O's. Football. This is more than football. It's about life lessons, and unless there was a major safety concern, which you know, if there was, then why do you play the game in the first place? But it, you're playing another 1A similar type team, so that's not the issue here. What kind of message, though, do you send to your kids by either doing this or allowing the kids to make the decision that we're, we're throwing in the towel, that's, that's it, we're done? And mind you, it would have been a running clock in the second half. So it's not as if the, the pain, if you will, would have continued for a whole lot longer. But when you make a commitment to play, when you make a commitment um, to engage in competition, I don't think it sends a good message to throw in the white flag no matter how bad it is. And, you know, we could talk about well, – I and mean, some people say, oh, well, I mean, but look at the score and the kids and, and, and their self-esteem and all that. I mean, folks, they haven't won a game yet. They haven't scored a point yet. Do you really think that if they lost 80 to nothing compared to 40 to nothing, that their self-esteem would be that much lower or that they'd be feeling bad about themselves any any less than they already do based on the way the season's played out? And, and I really say that with all due respect. And hopefully they don't have low self-esteem. But if we're going to come from that type of mentality, um, do you really think it's going to be a whole lot worse? I don't think so. I just think we have to be careful about the message it sends that no matter how bad it is, we're going to give up at some point, or do you play on? And I think that the lessons that we want to teach here is that you play on and you don't give up and you see it through to the end no matter what. And I don't want to be careful. We'd love to talk to Coach Evans and get his take and what all transpired, but on the surface of what we do know, Mark, um, I, that that decision bothers me. And you haven't been able to catch up with uh, Coach Evans at all with no, overtime live. Not yet. Nope. So you know, hopefully, maybe one of these Fridays yeah. he'll take your call and uh, be able to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, I I do my best. We got some time limitations. Some weeks I have to pick and choose. So it hasn't been the case that every week I've called he right. hasn't answered. So let's not. I, I do not want to put that out there. That has not been the case. This portion of the podcast sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance located in stevensville at 112 log canoe circle in the chesapeake bay business park they offer 24-hour gym access get more information at the edge training academy.com so that takes care of looking at all of the high school football games from this past friday night and uh, and kind of looking ahead to what we got this coming uh friday night as well six o'clock games you got nandua at snow hill that should be a good test for Snow Hill, I think. Uh, it will be. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Nandua may be 3-1 and one right now. Yeah, and then uh, let's see. On Oh, by the way, Thursday night, Cambridge at Kent County. They're going to play that one on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, why high at Kent Island on Friday? That is going to be our overtime live Preston Ford game of the week. Uh, that North Carolina at Easton, that was going to be our... Preston Ford game of the week. Uh, Queen Anne's and <laughs> it's Jan- better be a doozy on Friday night, guys. I'm telling you right now. Because I'm going to hear about it next Monday otherwise. <laughs> Queen Anne's at J.M. Bennett. You've got uh, Parkside at Decatur. And uh, Arcadia taking on uh, and traveling to Colonel Richardson. Uh, that's your uh, you know slice of Friday night contests. And Yeah. And what we haven't talked about, now granted when this drops – We'll also have the power pole drop, not exactly at the same time. We'll spread it out a little bit. But this creates, based on what happened Saturday with Y High losing to Decatur, this creates really difficult decisions to be made. But I I just want people to know, and I'll I'll explain this a little bit in the poll when we print this at at shoresportsmd.com, but... You have to consider circumstances. You have to consider margin of victory or loss. You have to consider competition that you played. You have to consider if a team has won on the road or at home or lost at home or on the road. So all those things have to play in. Obviously, similar opponents, they you know, that plays in as well, or similar or the same opponents. In some cases, though, that hasn't all played out yet. So I'm sure that this poll, when uh, you get it Tuesday, will have some people uh, talking, but just realize that I've never made this about just record. That, oh, well, if the team's 4-0 and the other's 3-1, and well, the 4-0 is automatically better than the 3-1. and Not necessarily true. And in some cases... Some cases, 
Sometimes a two and two team is better than a three and one team in my mind, based on circumstances. So just realize that when I'm putting this all together, that I really try to do a deep dive and look, it's subjective, no question, uh, but I give it my best. And Hey, it's all about having conversation and getting people talking about it. And apparently Mark, I was, um, locker room fodder for uh, my colonel pick against snow hill or i should say my snow hill pick uh, against colonel and uh, i wasn't the only one that picked against them and uh, coach jackson said they used his motivation well hey congrats on them they, they showed me it showed me big time whatever works right yeah shame on me hey i appreciate the fact they take it as seriously as they do i mean not that i don't take it seriously and put time into it but at the end of the day i'm one person that loves this game but it's my opinion and you know what it's just one person's opinion. I, I saw the uh, the Queen Anne's County High football team uh, put your pick up on uh, on Facebook. I saw that they yeah. did put it in their yeah. uh, group Facebook uh, uh, chat or, or post. Yes, and I, I looked at that and said, "Well, I'm 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 glad I picked them. I'm I'm concerned about if I picked against them, what the comments would be underneath there." Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It, it's out there, and and yeah, I think and I think it's a respect thing because they they respect the job that you do and they know that you invest a lot of time in it. And I know you know me with the overtime live and Shore Sports. We appreciate the effort you do put into it because it's not a fly-by-night thing. I mean, you no, sit down, no. you think about this, and you spend a lot of time talking to coaches and what have you to you know, kind of come up with your opinion. And, yeah. you know, so yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, so. and, we, and I've been doing it long enough. I'd like to say that, that we we are we're entrenched, but we have the relationships, we have the experience, and we don't always get it right. But I'd like to say that, you know, compared to, to other picks and polls and things like that, that we have more of a foundation just because we've been doing it longer. Right. Simply because of that. Don't yeah. give me a tie. Don't give me a one and one a or two. I occasionally, two I occasionally no do ties. that. All right, man up and uh-huh. just pick, pick a, pick a one, pick a two, pick a three, and don't give me none of this. <laughs> I tie can't, crap. I cannot get, I can't guarantee that. I have occasionally done some ties, that's so that's on so the record. That's so soft of you. It, it, you know, that's. I, I it, look, I, I won't try to give you many. But uh, no, we'll I see. I don't want any. I'll, look, Mark, I'll do my best. As we're doing this, I've not officially, as we're doing this podcast, I've not officially uh, come up with a poll. So I've got some things in mind, uh, but I will least, do my best not to do ties. Can you tell us who at least is going to be number one? No, that would get, that would totally give it away. Come what on. did you think so? What's right. that? You think so? Give it away? What about the rest of it? All right. No. But I'll say this right now, one through five. Uh, folks, it's it's a bit of a toss-up, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> this segment of the podcast sponsored by 4L Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at 4AllSeasonsInc.org. A sign night to that, uh, Beth Ann. Uh, Beth Ann's going to be getting married October 9th, and I'll be going to her wedding. Really? Yes. Congrats to Beth Ann. Wow. Yeah, I, goes, I had no idea. Yeah, she goes and she plans getting married on a Sunday. Doesn't she know the NFL plays on that day? So, uh, but yeah. Beth so, Ann, come on. But, you know better than that. That's right. Um, that's all right. With the way the commanders played on Sunday, oh, what, are you, what are you missing? <laughs> we'll get into that later. So, um, real quick, I wanted to mention a couple other high school sports. Um, yeah. The uh, Queen Anne's girls soccer team, you know, they started off, they lost – their first two games. Yeah, you were saying that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the young squad. Yeah, you and, did say that. You yeah. know, and I, I kind of knew that Kern would have them playing right by the time they got to the end of the year. Well, they won four in a row. There you go. Uh, 3-0 in the North Bay side, beating Ken Island 2 nothing. Wow. Yeah, so. Uh, the War of the Shore soccer edition. Yeah, on Friday, Chloe Sharp and Hayden Legg each scored. Um, as the Lions scored the uh, 2 nothing victory. In field hockey, we don't talk much about field hockey. Easton picked up a one nothing win over Crisfield, which to me is huge because Crisfield has been, you know, they've been at the top of the field hockey man, between Crisfield, Washington, Pocomoke, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Easton picked up a nice one nothing win. Olivia Orell scoring that goal. But St. Peter and Paul, they're 4-1, and one, mm. and uh, they did real well. They beat Holly Grove 5 nothing on Friday. But another team that is really getting it done, they're 5-0. and This team handed St. Peter and Paul their first loss, and that's Gunston. You okay. know, Gunston Day School over there in Centerville. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, they are really getting it done. Julia Reed and Lane Parkhurst, uh, Parkhurst rather, each had a goal and an assist to 
lead the Herons to, like I said, 5-0 and oh now. So uh, that is uh, pretty cool that Gunston's getting it done. Yeah, and I don't know if you know Mark or not or something that we'll ch- check into. You, you certainly seen at St. Peter's and Paul because we're in the Eastern area, so we see that campus a lot. We've seen a commitment to really trying to take that athletic program to the next level. I don't know if they're trying to do that with Gunston or not, but obviously that team is uh, <laughs> in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. So they're off to a great start. When we come back, we're going to talk college football. That's next on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. So the other day I had the privilege to go to the University of Alabama as my keyboard now has decided to stop working here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, welcome to my issues the other night. Yeah. My mouse stopped and then the, the computer uh, yeah. froze on me. I, I don't know what to do. With Just make sure thing. your uh, your mouse still works. Yeah, it, it's moving. <laughs> All right. Because we don't want to lose it's, this. It's spotty. But uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, um, University of Alabama against the Sisters of the Poor. I, I take that back. They did play Vanderbilt. Um, and Vanderbilt was able to score a field goal um, on them. What was, the, what was the final score? I was in bed probably 9.30 Saturday night what? after seeing Ohio State kill Wisconsin. Well, Saturdays are long. I mean, Friday's a long day. And then Saturday, I had the noon kickoff with Maryland and Michigan. So I was up at 6, 6.30 prepping. And then, you know, got the game. And then uh, I, I did go out to Doc's. And uh, you know, watch uh, some three thirty games. Came mm-hmm. home, ate dinner, watched Ohio State and Wisconsin, and man, I was out. Fifty-five to three. Okay. Yeah, fifty-five yeah. three. It is a conference game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ohio State beat Wisconsin fifty-two twenty-one. Yeah, that game was not close. Georgia had a fight with Kent. They they did. That game was just thirteen at the half. I think it was twenty-six thirteen at the half. They pulled away, but yeah, it wasn't the dominating win necessarily from a score perspective that you would expect. I tell you that the, the scores were crazy this week. A lot of overtime games. Well, how about the how about the Big Twelve telling Oklahoma and Texas, you know what? Maybe it's a good thing you are leaving because we're beating you. Kansas State beating Oklahoma, yeah. and you had Texas Tech beat Texas. Uh, let's talk about Maryland and yeah. Michigan. Yep. Maryland lost by a touchdown. Yeah. And you know, but what a great showing for Maryland against Michigan in the big house, though. It, it, it was. And I thought that th- this team – if they were going to lose the game, they needed to be in this one. They needed to show with 15 to 22 starters back that this program is taking strides forward to being more competitive against the elite teams in the conference and maybe even giving themselves a chance for an upset. This would have been a lofty, a law, or there's a lofty goal to upset the fourth ranked team in the big house, but they put themselves in a position of mark. I mean, the first play of the game. Ty Felton has the ball hit off his helmet on a kick return. Michigan recovers one play later. It's seven to nothing. And what was the final score? 34-27. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're right there. And special teams have so far been a lot better this year, but you can't have those things happen. But yeah, they were in it. Um, There's also a play where Michigan intercepted uh, Tunga Viloa. It was just a poor pass. It wasn't a bad read. It was a poor pass. He did not intercept it. That should have been looked at. He did not intercept that ball. And that was big uh, because Maryland was driving there. So they gave them the interception. They did, yeah. and uh, it should not. It should have been that. Should that call should have been overturned? But no, I mean Maryland certainly made strides in that one, no question about it. But to me, it means nothing if you don't follow it up 
with a win and, over Michigan well, State. I, yeah, and legitimately, Michigan State's reeling right now, and that's not a terrible team, but that is a legitimate game or legitimate chance to win the game on Saturday. So if you go get your doors blown out by Michigan State at home, being competitive against Michigan, that does nothing. You now need to follow it up with a win in a game that you have a chance to, to take care of. And, of course, Michigan State uh, coming in, losing to Minnesota 34-7. to uh, right. Couple of overtime after they got beat by Washington the week before. The Clemson Wake Forest ending was crazy. Yeah, you know Clemson, Clemson pulled that out. Fifty-one forty-five. Ungalele. Yeah, <laughs> had a huge game. DJ. I mean, it took. Uh, you know, you look at some of these other scores. Oregon just getting by Washington State, forty-four forty-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have uh, Texas A&M squeezing by Arkansas. Ar- Arkansas blew that game. They should have beat them. Yeah, A&M's uh, run defense is not very good. And, yeah, Arkansas, they, they've they had a really good year last year, Mark, and it's a shame because they, they haven't been able to build on that this year. But they're competitive. The number seven ranked team, Kentucky, the Wildcats squeaked by Northern Illinois, 31-23. Yeah, I, I think they – you got to think they may have overlooked them there. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, you mentioned K-State beating Oklahoma, 41-34. Florida State easily getting by Boston College. Um, USC and Oregon State, a great game. USC pulls it out 17-14. That's amazing. Whatever Oregon State did defensively, everybody's going to be copying that because that USC offense looked impossible to stop. Yeah, it it really did. That that is crazy. And, well, you had uh, in the Big Ten, not that they're a major program, but Northwestern was beat, if I'm not mistaken, for a second straight week by – I'm sorry, they lost to an FCS school – Two weeks ago, they lost to Miami of Ohio uh, yeah. this past week. And that's a storied program, but still, that's a, a MAC team in the mid, you know, mid-tier. So heading to week five, the AP Top 25 really didn't change. Uh, you've got Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. Then you got USC, Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. How about them? Yeah. They're 4-0 for the first time since 16, but in the top 10, I think, for the first time in a long time. And they beat Florida. Uh, they, uh, they're getting it done with uh, Josh Heupel. Yeah, it is, uh, it's going to be fun to watch as we head down the stretch uh, to uh, see how some of these teams shake out. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech uh, getting blown out on Thursday night. Uh, it was close for a while. By West Virginia. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was close for a while. And then just stupid stupid mistakes with penalties and things like that Thursday night. They'd stop them on third down and they'd get a roughing, mm. you know, or a pass interference yeah. play. They just, you know, just stupid plays that just ended up costing them in the end so that it, it doesn't give me any uh it doesn't give me any joy to, to point this out but so far uh penn state's football team looking pretty darn good yeah absolutely yeah so. auburn two weeks ago and what they're four and oh and they've got two stud freshman running backs one is a five star the other might be a four or five as well and they've got a six-year quarterback at clifford manny diaz uh came from miami he's their defensive coordinator they've been looking good there uh a little rough first half against central michigan but they 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 win uh, steadily, and uh, we'll see how they compete against uh, Michigan and Ohio State in the East Division. You mentioned Auburn. You know, my goodness, mm. they. Uh, well, that coach is <laughs> that coach is going to be out. You've got boosters. They wanted him out at the end of last year. Yeah, it just for him to uh, uh, the way that played out. That that was a game. I was standing in the soup store, uh, which is the you know the where all the gear is sold. The soup uh, they, store? Yeah, it's called the soup store. So Wait a minute. You've got sports like apparel a, called at a place called the soup it's, store. It's, a, it's S-U-P-E, but it's like the superstore. Oh, so, okay, okay, and, okay, yeah, okay. So you're, gotcha, you know, gotcha, gotcha. Where you go and you buy all your Alabama game day gear and stuff mm-hmm. like that. How much did you spend? Yeah, <laughs> too much. Um, actually, you know, I actually only bought, uh, well, in full disclosure, so I bought a T-shirt from the shirt store down there mm-hmm. for last weekend's Parents Weekend game because they didn't send in the gray ones for this one mm-hmm. um, in my size. So when I was walking around the soup store, we didn't buy anything on uh, Friday. But Saturday, I was wearing, I put on my Alabama shirt that had been in my closet. And it just, I don't know, it smelled like dog. It did. <laughs> it just smelled like dog. Like I had left it on the chair or something, yeah. and the dog laid on it. smelled like dog. And I'm walking around, and I'm like... What is that smell? So I had it's my, me. I had, I had my daughter oh, smell it's my shirt. it, and and Mackenzie says it smells like dog. 
like, I can't wear this. I, I just can't. I'm going to the game. I can't wear it, you know. So I went and bought a new golf shirt <laughs> and, and changed it. And it and, didn't smell like dog, it, did it? It didn't smell like dog. No, there you and, go. Uh, you know, so, yeah, so I did that. But um, Keep your closets closed at home, Mark. All over, well, it was closed. It was, yeah, it was okay. on a hanger, you know, but uh, right out of London. But I must have set it down. And one of the dogs may have laid on it or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It was probably Rookie the Beagle because he's the one that yeah. stinks all the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Auburn escapes Mizzou 17-14 in overtime. Mm. It just And it just Missouri had the game won. The guy dropped the ball heading into the end zone. Mm. He dropped the ball. And, you know, it was like he was sticking it out, and he dropped it before he got there. And it was... Yeah, touchback. Those those happen. Yeah. yeah. Now so. now you kind of buried the lead story on your trip to Tuscaloosa. What's that? You know what I'm talking about. No. What? You posted pictures on Facebook of it. Oh, of me and my daughter. Uh, uh, and and her. her <clears throat> Her Georgia-loving boyfriend. Oh, he's a Georgia fan. <laughs> he lives in Georgia. <laughs> Wait a minute. He, he lives in Georgia. He goes to Alabama, though. No, he does not go to Alabama. Oh. He was just visiting. Oh, so, well, how yeah. do they know each other? Oh, just long story. <laughs> okay. Long I won't story. get Wow. Yeah. So, wait so, a minute. He went to the Alabama. Was he rooting for Vanderbilt then? Quiet, no, quietly? No, no, no. He was there. He... My daughter's there, so he's, you know, she's making him cheer for Alabama. He, he even had to buy an Alabama shirt. Oh, uh, wow. So, and she gave him an Alabama sticker and put it on his car. Oh, to, to go well, home. I'm sure that came off yeah. before, he, before he hit the state line, right? <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, but, so, yeah, he was there and uh, met him. Nice kid. Nice kid. It was the first time I ever met him. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, I nice, mean, nice I would nice assume thing. he'd be nice to dad, yeah, you know, he better very, be. Very respectful. Okay. And, uh, makes my daughter happy so you know it's um you, you just sit back and you you watch you, you pray know. for the best yeah, yeah that's all you can do that's true know? that's like, true i know i'll be there eventually I, I i told him i said you know what i was your age once <laughs> and i know what i was in search of and i'm just telling you <laughs> i'll kill you <laughs> so just so you know i'll yeah. kill you you'll you'll get there i know you, i said that there. I know. yeah you'll I know. get there but uh yep. no good good kid good kid all right, this final segment is sponsored by our friends at uh, an Optical Galleria. You know, they've created this sunglass line known as Hook Optics. It's an amazing fit for heads of all sizes, including my big head. And they come in a variety of color, uh, color polarized lenses. I encourage you to stop by an Optical Galleria in the Teal uh, Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City on West Water Street in downtown Centerville and in downtown Easton on Harrison Street to try out a new pair of hook sunglasses check them out online at eisenart.net or hookoptics.com hook sunglasses they're not just for summer they're good for fall anytime you've got sun you want sunglasses mm. and uh, you've got a choice so make it hook sunglasses i think you will be impressed if you stop by and try on a pair they are amazing so uh, you mentioned the nfl um i'll just put it right out there uh, boy my commanders really sucked on sunday yeah, nine sacks, Mrs. Oh. Uh, Mrs. Bueller. Well, and a couple of them were of, the of fault Carson of, of Carson Wentz. You know, mm -hmm. and he had a fumble that he lost. Um, you know, it, it, they just they sucked, and they got off to a slow start last week in Detroit, and they just never got their footing against Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, Philadelphia had their way. Their defense, the Commander defense, was looking good. But I think they just got tired and gave up, you know, short field. Yeah. You know, and, and that touchdown pass at the end of the half, the end of the first half, to let them go the field like that mm -hmm. was ridiculous. Yeah. That was, but, yeah, Devonta Smith one. Yeah, Devonta yeah. Smith. 70-some yards, yeah. He scored big-time points for me on my uh, – my fantasy, yeah, fantasy. Team, yeah. but I was twenty-four to eight. So I mean, defensively, even though the numbers were big for Hertz and such, I mean, from a points perspective, all in all, it seems like your defense maybe not great, but but did as best they could do given the circumstances. They did better this week. Yeah. So and uh, let's talk about if a your team offense that, isn't doing anything, you know. Let's talk about a team that doesn't have a defense: the Baltimore Ravens. Thank God they got Lamar Jackson, who is also. The starting quarterback on both my fantasy teams. Yeah. Well, uh, the defense 
made some huge plays in the most critical of times. But to your point, they didn't stop the run. They gave up, what, 300 yards or darn near close to Mac Jones. They've got Josh Allen coming in Sunday. And, yeah, they've got a lot to fix. They don't have a pass rush, um, but they lost Justin Houston. They, I mean, they were already down to two outside linebackers before they signed Jason Pierre-Paul, who was not active for the game. Um, he, I think, starts practice Monday with them. So they were down to two OLBs. They lost Justin Houston in, mm-hmm. the, in the game. So Odafe Owe, who was a big pick out of Penn State two years ago, he got swallowed up by the left tackle probably 95% of the time. So there's zero pass rush. They couldn't get off blocks to stop the run, but they made some huge plays forcing four New England turnovers. So they did what they had to do, but, Mark, you're right. There's a, there's a lot that's broken there, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, thank God for the offense. Jackson's playing lights out. Hey, look, we're down to a fourth-string left tackle. Patrick McCary lost in the game. Now it looks like he's going to be okay, but he had an ankle injury. So we had uh, this huge – Daniel Falele, who from Minnesota, a rookie, 370 pounds. Early on, struggled, but he found his footing. But Greg Roman dialed up some really good plays. They went a lot of two tight end fullback and said, okay, let's play to our strength here. We can't throw the football all over the place. We're just going to run the football creatively. They did. They mixed in some pass down the line and, and uh, some great passes to Duvernay and Andrews, and they they got it done ultimately by 11. Speaking of uh, you know, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, if you want to know how to stop them, I'll just dial up Miami. The, the Miami game plan, yeah. yeah. I, and you're right. And you take a look at what the Dolphins did uh, to Buffalo at home. And I know Buffalo couldn't get that field goal off in time to try to win the game. They lose 21-19, but you're, you're right. And then conversely, you look at it and say, okay, well, you know, Buffalo held Miami to, to 21 points, but that's one of the best defenses in the league. But Micah Hyde, they lost their starting safety for the rest of the year. That's a huge loss for them. That'll help the Ravens Sunday. But I've said this, the Dolphins held Stephon Diggs to like 7 for 70 mark, no touchdowns. I think his longest catch was like 24 yards. If the Ravens do that on Sunday, even if they lose, fine. But I don't want to see that he had 10 catches for 130 yards and three touchdowns. You have got to contain him. You cannot let him beat you. Let anybody else beat you, not him. Yeah. And uh, taking a look, um, <laughs> how about the Chiefs losing to the Colts? Yeah, and uh, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator and quarterback Patrick Mahomes, got into it uh, right at the half as they were going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes wasn't happy, and Bieniemy wasn't you know standing down on it. He, he he defended himself, and yeah, that was a rough one. I didn't see all the details in that one, but uh, yeah. And then of course uh, you had uh, Tennessee beating the Raiders, and um, the Raiders, the only zero and three team. The the Lions. Oh, I thought they were going to be able to beat Minnesota, but they couldn't hold on. Minnesota ends up beating them twenty eight twenty. Yeah, and what was it that there was an expectation that the Lions were going to? go for it or kick a field goal or something of that nature that the coach ended up apologizing at the end of the game for not essentially being aggressive I guess and Mm -hmm. and trying to win the game with a field goal I think maybe they went for it on fourth down and got stopped I'm not sure but uh yeah and Doug Peterson what a job he's doing with the Jacksonville Jaguars I mean they lost to the commanders week one but boy they have uh, picked up two big wins yeah, and uh, to be fair, that's a Chargers team playing with Justin Herbert who has cracked ribs, although statistically you wouldn't have noticed that mm-hmm. yesterday. But they were without Keenan Allen. Their starting center was out. But, no, to your point, look, you'd still have to give Jacksonville a lot of credit. On the road in L.A., you win by 21. Yeah, their strides of improvement and uh, uh, their uh, their quarterback. Why am I uh, always blanking? He's my uh, – Trevor Lawrence had a good game yeah. yesterday. And then, of course, the stinker. On Sunday night, 11-10, the final Denver beating San Francisco. Oh, man, and and look, this is why San Francisco went after Trey Lance, because Garoppolo, hey, he's got a winning record, he's serviceable, but he'll make mistakes in some really big op- or in big times in the game, and he stepped on the end line. Yes, I saw, I saw and, that. And forced to safety. He also had a fumble in the game and threw and an he interception. Wasn't, he wasn't the only one that stepped on the end line. Uh, because uh, also the quarterback for the Lions did the same thing. Well, Dan Orlovsky did that several years back. Oh, is that? But, okay, you know, do you mean it yesterday's no, game? No, that's right. That that was Orlovsky. You're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look real quick at the team stats in this one because this was amazing. So, Denver. I'm sorry. So San Francisco went one of ten on third down. They had 
what was it? Uh, seven penalties for 40 yards. And yeah, three turnovers. And so, you know, Denver had zero turnovers, even though Denver was six of 19 on third down. Hmm. Um, they uh, only five penalties, but no turnovers. And they had 11 more minutes time of possession. But yeah, you you don't see those scores often in the NFL these days, yeah, 11 to 10. Not at all. Not at all. All right, well, that's going to do it. Uh, this week going to be a big week. ShoresportsMD.com. Uh, by Thursday at some point, we'll get the coaches' interviews up for our preview of this week's Game of the Week with Isaiah Taylor and Coach Brian Sofanowski. And uh, I think you're going to go talk to Taylor, and I'm going to go talk to Sofanowski. It'll be interesting to see if he'll talk to me. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to that as well. Well, if we have to do a switcheroo, we can do that. <laughs> I know that's a longer drive for you, but uh, you may need you may want to check with Coach So first because if he doesn't see you, he'll talk right. to me. All right, he, he likes me. Well, fortunately, they're not playing Easton. He'll talk to me. Fortunately, the last time oh, I was with Coach, the week number two, they beat Colonel Richardson, so I was not a bad luck, uh, yeah. uh, uh, bad omen for right. me. Right. So. so. But, uh, well, that's going to do it. Uh, feel free to share this podcast if you would. Let more people hear it and know about it. And, uh, again, uh, check out shoresportsmd.com. We're getting starting to get you know ramped up with uh, trying to get some more stuff put out there uh, on the other sports as well. So we encourage you to uh, check it out, and we'll try and amp up the coverage of the other sports outside of just football here in the uh, coming week or so as well. So uh, for Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter, and uh, we want to thank Coach Ferragamo for joining us uh, today as well. Mm -hmm. It's uh, been another edition of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.